world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Dobbenmeyer. And history repeats itself, doesn't it? Huh? Isn't that the way they tell us? Uh, things go in circles, things go in cycles. Crazy, crazy, crazy times in which we live. Great to be alive. My wife's got what that bug now. I don't think she needs anything, Paul. She's fighting through it. But man, it's sleeping last night was like sleeping in a in a furnace. She was burning it off last night. Woke me up so uh Get well, Michelle. Get well. I need, need you. Well, hey, excited. I I got some. Look, uh, I got some. I got some stuff I got to hit you with today. Because understand this, we have, we have new we have new listeners every day, especially new listeners now that we're on the Patriot Party news and all that. And we're expanding. And and I'm just curious: Are you encouraging people to tune in, or are you selfish? Meaning, you got a hold of something that has set you free. And you're not sharing it with other people. There's a great awakening that's going on. We are in the midst of a great. See, this is what this is again one of the big problems I have with dispensationalist and end time uh, philosophy is the Bible tells us it tells us in the book of Joel that in the last days he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. The sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Old men shall see visions. We are in, going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Before the end time comes, folks. And I don't see that. Now, it may be going on in other parts of the world. And it may be getting to spin and beginning to happen here in the good old U.S. of A. But the reality of it is Christ God, Almighty God, is about to send out a flood of the Holy Spirit like we have never seen. The greatest harvest the world has ever seen lies in front of us. And that's not the message of the modern church. And I'm going to tell you something. If you can get a kingdom mindset, which I'm going to talk about today, if you can get a kingdom mindset, it will radically transform the way you live your Christian life. I believe it, right? So I'm, I don't know how to – look, if you guys say – if somebody says to me, Coach Dave, you got to start watching that Professor Toto. Uh, well, I listen, but I, I, I don't get what Professor Toto not, – nothing against Professor Toto. I just use his name. Uh, takes me a while to get over there. And so people don't like to be told to watch a man or a person. So I would just suggest to you, say, listen, man, you want to really know what's going on. You have got to check out this huddle that we have every day. Promote it as a huddle, not as a me, not as a follow Coach Dave. People are so sick of following people, right? Man, I've, I'm connected with this group, this huddle. Man, you ought to join. That's the way that I would try to spread it because I think I think the anointing uh, – it's time. Mel's got her hand up. Must be important. Come on in, Mel. Thanks, Coach. Hey, I just want to um, bring your attention back to thelibertyactionnetwork.com. In the next 10 days, it's kind of crunch time here in Ohio. Um, we've got a, a vote that's coming up um, in the November election that has a, um, a real concern about children and families. So, Mr. Producer, if you'd scroll down there to the action that says all authority is given to us to save the children. It's the first one there. So it's kind of a multi-prong action. Um, and it's really it really has to do with not just Ohio, but really everywhere. So if you just read through that um, on your own and um, go ahead and take some of those actions, it's really time for the Ecclesia to rise and to begin taking the authority that we have. So we have the decrees and declarations that Randy put together in September. Um, we've got the language that's there about issue one that's happening in Ohio. Um, we're encouraging you know, people to um, to use the vote no on issue one signs and think of them as stakes. So if you've already put signs up, you know, maybe, you know, pray over those and, you know, as stakes, you know, in the ground to claim for the kingdom um, of God in Ohio. 
And then uh, pick four, that's the action where um, you pick four local counties around you. And again, use those declarations that um, Randy put together to go to the Board of Elections in, in those counties and, and pray those declarations there. And then also, Mr. Producer, if you'd go to the upcoming events tab, please, at the top. I've got two upcoming events that I want to announce um, that are happening this week. Tuesday, um, the Resistance Chicks and Scott Kesterson with Bards FM and Neil Peterson, they're doing a Night of Freedom on October 31st, which is amazing because, you know, that's the that's the demonic, you know, night of the, the enemy. So, you know, this is going to be an all-night um, service for healing and deliverance, you know, praying against issue one. So I would encourage anybody who's local to come if you can, but then maybe join us in prayer that night um, on, on the night of of Halloween. So, and then the other event I want to bring your attention to, uh, I was contacted by Jeff Klein last night and um, he's doing um, that pick four action at the Knox County. Um, they're going to be praying on the square like they do every Saturday, but then after that, they're going to go to the Knox County Board of Education, um, I'm sorry, Board of Elections and, um, and decree. So um, anyway, I just wanted to bring those. It's, it's crunch time these next 10 days. So, um, you know, if everybody could be in prayer, that'd be great. You're, you're muted, Coach. <laughs> so tomorrow I'm going to give you the first 10 minutes, and we're, going to, we're not going to hurry through this, okay? First 10 minutes, let's lay it out and explain it. Let's do it because these things are uh, – folks, look, we got a million things going on, and they're all good. They're all good. And I want, to, I want to encourage you this. Not everybody's doing stuff, but some people are. And I know the whole idea of the, the uh, Mel uh, of the Liberty Action Network is to try to bring the forces together so that we're all paddling down the same direction, right? What's to say? Many hands make uh, make a light light work. So we want to tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Uh, uh, what did you want to say? Oh, listen. My fault. I uh, haven't been up keeping up to date real well on the website. I'm going to be in. My wife and I are going to be in Royston, Georgia with Pastor Clint Harper this weekend. If any of you are down in the Georgia area, I got to get it up on there. Help me to maybe Pastor Clint, maybe you need to give me, maybe I just need to get some details from you so we can get something up there. And then next weekend, the following weekend, this weekend, which is what? <laughs> the first, second, what, what is it? The second, third of October? What is it? Come on, help me out there, somebody. The fourth and the fifth is Saturday, Sunday, coach. Okay, fourth and the fifth. So it'll be the, uh, uh, fourth, let me backtrack. It'd be the third. And I'm going in there Friday night. I'm going to be at Pastor Clint's on Friday night, which would be what the second, the first, third. I'm going to be there Saturday and I'm going to be there Sunday, Saturday and Sunday in Royston, Georgia. We'll get it up there. And then the following weekend, we're going to be in, going to go have some beignets down in New Orleans. And that's going to be basically the same thing. It's going to be a Saturday, Sunday. Is that right, Dale? Saturday, Sunday? Is that what right. we're You're coming in Friday night. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday. In. Okay, yeah. The activity, I'm coming in Friday night. That's right. So, folks, I'll get that up on there. But if you had to be in those areas and you want to come down and spend, spend some time with us, we'd love, we'd love to have you. Cool? Let me show you. Let me, uh, for those of you, again, new folks here, uh, I just sent it to you there, uh, Jonathan. Bring up protesters to bring a horse to AG's Bill Barr's house. Uh, three years ago tomorrow, thank God for my old buddy, Craig Mickle, November 1st, 2020. Protesters bring horse to A.G. Bill Barr's house and demand he lock up Joe Biden. Now, that isn't what we demanded. That isn't what we demanded. By the way, yeah, thanks. I love Craig because he's all over it. See, three years ago on November 11th, three years ago, we went to the Georgia Guidestones. Three years ago, right? And we did it. People, see, we're doing this stuff behind the scenes. This is the power of Almighty God operating. And so Craig just, he's on top of it all. This is a, an article in the New York, whatever the heck that is, talking about when we took a lot of people. Are there more pictures down there? Took a horse. We took a bunch of us to Bill Barr's house and demanded that he uh, that he do the right thing regarding the election. This was just after the election. And uh, uh, we were very, very successful because about two months later, Bill Barr resigned. He couldn't take the heat. See, People think we lost that. No, no, we we won. We ran that scoundrel out of out. Well, we didn't. The Holy Spirit ran that scoundrel out of business. The kind of stuff we do, folks. It's what we do here. Can I tell you why? And here's where I'm heading today. Thanks for that, Craig. And thanks also for three years ago. How, how can that be? How could it be that long ago? My goodness. 
on November 11th, uh, we just got a lot. We got a lot going on, man. Go ahead, Clay, real quickly. Well, I've had a, uh, some people say that we shouldn't have went to Bill Barr's house. Because, well, sure they would know, say that. Needed... Hell, they didn't go. Yeah. Well, I wish somebody would tell the FBI not to come to our house and there read it go. at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All we did was pray, right? All we did was pray. You were there, Clay. Maybe I ought to, maybe I ought to get something ready tomorrow. I can show you a little bit that you do that. Because, again, folks, people are joining us every day. and They don't have any idea what we do here. And I just did my monthly newsletter, and it's hard to keep on my monthly newsletter because I'm trying. See, people think that Coach Dave Live is just me in this. Past Salt Minute is just me in this show. And I don't know how to get people to understand all the great stuff that's going on from you guys, out the stuff that you guys are doing and making happen. And I think when people see it, it encourages them. We're not bragging about it. We're encouraging them that it really, really, we can make a difference. And again, as I said, the uh, greatest revival the world has ever seen is right on our doorstep. So uh, Georgia this weekend, New Orleans the next weekend. And then two weekends after that's my birthday and my anniversary. Yeah, Craig, October 29th, the Great Depression. Are we heading towards another one of those, baby? Oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, so look. I want to go somewhere with you today, okay? Uh, Many of you have heard this, but you need to hear it again, okay? Pull up Psalm 2. Pull up Psalm 2. I'm going to do a, I don't like the term term teaching because it sounds like I'm an expert, but why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? This is Psalm 2. So evidently they're heathen and evidently they are raging. And then the people imagine a vain thing. Vain means empty, without focus, for no purpose. So the heathen are raging, and it's making us think about stupid crap. We're not even talking about stuff that matters, right? Why? Because the kings of the earth. So there are kings of the earth. And they've set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing. Do you folks, do you see the battle lines that are drawn right there in Psalm 2? And the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us that you are in a spiritual war. And it's a war between kingdoms. Kings, see that? These words aren't used, these words aren't used by happenstance. The king of the earth, kings set themselves in rulers. And they're against somebody, right? And so we see this battle, and here it is. Verse 4 says, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. So here the guy who's really the king of the kings, he's looking down at these guys in this pitiful little fight they're putting on, and he's laughing at them. And he says, We're gonna, I'm going to speak to them in his wrath. He's going to vex them. And it looks to me like he is going to establish a kingdom. looks to me like. He said, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill. So he said, there's a king, but there's another king. And he's the king of kings. And he said, I've set him on top of that hill, right? And what's he say he's going to do? I'm going to declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, thou art my son this day. I've begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy presence. Somebody help me out here. Does this seem to anybody but me that we are going to be taking ground and possessing ground? Is it, is anybody reading that differently than me? Does anybody see submit, rule over, let them have your rapture out of here? Anybody see that? Ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. You shall break them. Who shall? You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Talk to us. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled a little bit, blessed are they that put their trust in. If you do not read that as a spiritual warfare psalm, I don't know what to tell you said, here's the team, here's what they're going to do, and it ain't going to amount to crap. 
Because why? Because you guys are going to come in and you're going to start whacking. Yes, great question, producer. What do judges do? Now, wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Well, who are we to judge? Judge not, lest you be judged, right? All those lies that the enemy has told us, okay? So I want to show you that this. I'm going somewhere today, okay? Stay with me. I'm going to shut up here a little bit. Because I'm going to talk to you today about a kingdom. We're in a kingdom. And I came across this video. Tom Horn just died. Jonathan, get that ready, the Tom Horn video. And we're going to play it at two times speed. Uh, Tom Horn just, just died, was last week, just died. What a fabulous Bible teacher he was. But I want you, this is 16 minutes long. We're probably not going to watch it all. But I want you to watch Tom Horn expose to us the kings of the earth. I'm going to play about six or seven minutes of it. And then you can put it in the chat and watch it later before it gets banned by YouTube because I didn't get approval. Well, I can't get approval from Tom Horn, right? I can't get approval from him. But he lays out clearly what we just read in Psalm 2. Go ahead and play that, Johnny. Before and after the presidency of Donald Trump, the United States was, and now it is again, on what I would call an intentional trajectory to fulfill what famous Freemason Manly yeah, P. Paul described two, as the secret up. destiny all, stop of America. Right which put it at two times speed. Because he talks very slowly. And then go ahead and try to get sound up. Go ahead and play it. Which includes a future national and uh, global subservience to the God of Freemasonry, Can't a deity it. that most Americans would not imagine when reciting the Pledge of Allegiance to one nation under God. In fact, the idea by some that the United States was established as a monotheistic Christian nation by those who designed Washington, D.C., and that the God referred to on American currency as a Judeo-Christian one is really a puzzling conclusion when reflected against the deistic beliefs of so many of the founding fathers, as you can see perpetually viewed in the so-called supreme architect deism of Freemasons and in the supreme judge of the world and the divine providence notations that are in the Declaration of Independence and other founding documents, as well as the countless pagan icons that actually dominate the symbols, the statues, the buildings, the seals that were carefully drafted under official government auspices, the great seal of the United States primary among them, which Manly P. Hall, the famous Freemason, rightly called the signature of that exalted body of Masons who designed America for what he called a peculiar and particular purpose. It all bears rich symbolism, forecasting anything but Christianity. As a matter of fact, when Christians in the 1800s argued that a hypothetical annihilation of the United States would lead to antiquaries of succeeding centuries, and by that they meant historians, concluding that America had been a heathen nation based on the symbolism of the Great Seal, Congress was pushed to create something, reflecting the Christian faith of so many of its citizens. U.S. President and Freemason Theodore Roosevelt, he strongly opposed this idea. But other Masons weren't as frustrated with the plan because, given the ambivalence of the term God and the axiom that, interpreted within the context of the Great Seal's symbolism, this certainly would not infer the biblical Christian God. Therefore, the slogan in God we trust, whoever you believe that God is, was accommodated by Masons and other Illuminatus, who therefore approved, as the official U.S. motto, the phrase, In God We Trust. In my book, Zenith 2016, which among other things noted that the year of Donald Trump's presidential election had been foreseen by prophets and sages for thousands of years as the apex date, when governments would begin shifting toward the spirit that is predicted on the Great Seal of the United States, the Antichrist, followed by the actual Man of Sims' arrival and acceptance on the global stage in the year 2025, which people will discover in the new book, Zeitgeist 2025. But this was to illustrate the point in my book, Zenith 2016, that one definitely would not determine that the God in America's official motto refers to the Father of Jesus or a biblical trinity. I wrote in that book, quote, imagine yourself as a space traveler who visits Earth in a fictional post-apocalyptic world. Digging through the rubble of the once-thriving planet, you come across a copy of a U.S. $1 bill with the two-sided great seal of the United States joined in the middle by the phrase, in God we trust. Upon consideration, you ask yourself, what God did this refer to? And with no preconceptions, you allow the symbolism on the seal to speak for itself, from which you quickly determine that this had been a great culture who worshipped Egyptian and Greek deities, especially a particular solar one whose all-seeing eye glares from the top an unfinished Egyptian pyramid. Upon further investigation into the specific beliefs of the strange group whose members had influenced the Great Seal, you discover from their highest masters, including one illustrious Albert Pike, that the sun god they venerated so highly had been known to them at various times in history by the names Apollo, Osiris, and Nimrod, in quote. Now, I made that argument in Zenith 2016 because, unknown to most Americans and certainly to the average Christian, the Great Seal's mottos and symbolism relate to both Osiris and Apollo specifically, and yet as one. Osiris is the dominant theme of the Egyptian symbols, his resurrection and return, while the mottos of the seal point directly to Apollo and the eagle, a pagan emblem of Jupiter, to Apollo's father. For instance, the motto Anuakoeptus, this is from Virgil's Aenid, in which Ascanius, the son of Aeneas from Conquer Troy, prays to Apollo's father, Jupiter, or Zeus. Charles Thompson, the designer of the Great Seal's final version, condensed line 625 of Book 9 of Virgil's Aenid, which reads, Jupiter Omnipotus, Adasibus, Anuakoeptus, which means all powerful Jupiter favors the daring undertaking. He condensed that down to Anuakoeptus. He approves our undertaking. While the phrase Novus Ordo Seclorum, a new order of the ages, was adapted in 1782 from inspiration that Thompson found in a prophetic line in Virgil's Eclogue 4, which reads Magnus ab integro seclorum nascitor ordo from Virgil's Eclogue 4, line 5, the interpretation of the original Latin being, and the majestic role of circling centuries begins anew. Now that phrase is from the Cume Sibyl, 
a pagan prophetess of Apollo, identified in the Bible as a demonic deceiver, and it involves the future birth of a divine son spawned from a new breed of men sent down from heaven when he receives the life of gods and sees heroes with gods commingling. According to this prophecy, this is Apollo, the son of Jupiter, or Zeus, who returns to Earth through mystical life given to him from the gods when the deity Saturn, or Jupiter, returns to reign over the cosmos in a new pagan golden age, what the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn on December 21, 2020 forecast, which many, by the way, including pastors, were erroneously referring to as the Christmas star. According to the Greek text, the Magi followed an asteroid, not a stationary star alignment, whose trajectory led them to Bethlehem. But it was the closest that these two planets have appeared together in approximately 800 years not long ago, and it did indeed forecast the arrival of a messianic sun, the false one whose spirit will reside in the beast of Revelation 17a. From the beginning of the prophecy, referenced on the Great Seal of the United States, here's what we read. Now the last age by Kume Sibyl Sung has come and gone, and the majestic role of circling centuries begins anew. Justice returns, returns old Saturn's reign, with a new breed of men sent down from heaven. Only do thou at the boy's birth, in whom the iron shall cease, the golden race arise. Befriend him, chaste Lucina, tis thine own Apollo reigns. He shall receive the life of gods and see heroes with gods commingling, and himself be seen of them, and with his father's worth reign over the world. Assume thy greatness, for the time draws nigh, dear child. I'm going to put it in the chat. It's worth it. I know it was fast and it's worth it's worth reading. Here's the point I'm trying to make to you. Tom Horn is explaining to us who those Psalm 2 gods are. are. Are you with me? And we have been we have been greatly, greatly lied to in believing that when they said one nation under God, that that was the Christian God. Right. That's what that's what we've been. That's what they've tried to convince us of. But as he said, you pick up the one dollar bill, you look at it for 500 years from now, you look at the dollar, you wouldn't have any. There's no mention of Christ. There's no mention of Jesus. There's no mention of the Christian God anywhere on that dollar, folks. So we can say whatever we want to about the, the Masonic setup of Washington, D.C., yada, yada, all those conspiracy theories. But I want to try to tie it together today because, again, Psalm 2 tells us this war is the war that's raging against us. Kings of this earth have set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Are you, are you tracking with me? You tracking with me? So I want to try to show you something that really, uh, again, uh, many of you have heard this. Some of you haven't. That's why I want to do it again. Many of you have never heard. Um, well, you've heard, but I, there, there's several different Gospels, folks. There's several dis- different Gospels. But I want to show you something that, uh, uh, go to number six, Johnny. No, that's not what I want. That's not what I want, John. Uh, go to number, <laughs> I got notes, I can't even figure which one I want. Go to number six, John. When, no, 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 Johnny, I'm messed, I'm wrong. Go to number five. Bear with me, folks, bear with me. Now, I'm going to show, show you a word that we read in here, and we, we go past, we don't even think about that. Matthew 24, verse 14, King James Version. And this gospel of the kingdom. What? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Now, wait a minute. Is the gospel of the kingdom the same as the gospel of salvation? Is the gospel of the kingdom the same as the gospel of prosperity? Is the gospel of the kingdom? See, there's a lot of different gospels. And we're warned. uh, Where is it? Where is it? Number four. Number four. I remark in Galatians 1, verse 6 through 9. Folks, we are talking today about the gospel of the kingdom. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or any angel from heaven preach any other gospel, and there must be others, unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as, as we said before, I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then you have received, let him be accursed. So what are you focusing on today, Coach? I'm focusing on the gospel of the kingdom. By the way, Johnny, now go to, bear with me here, number six, John. 
Huh? John the Baptist came. John the Baptist shows up on the scene, and what does he preach? Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. And saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Anybody tracking with me? The kingdom of heaven. What's the next one say, John? From that time, this is Matthew. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, heaven is more than just a place we're going to. What's the next one say, John? And Mark says, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Okay, so time out, time out, time out. Every God, every kingdom has four elements. Four. Number one, every kingdom must have a king. We know who the king is, right? Well, read in Psalm 2, there's going to be others who think they're the kings. This is the battle. This is a spiritual battle before us. So every kingdom has to have a king. Every kingdom has to have citizens. Every kingdom has to have laws. And every kingdom must have boundaries. That's what determines a kingdom, right? So in this world in which we live in, see, we have invaded a dark kingdom, and we are supposed to possess that kingdom. In fact, he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years right here where we are. Is anybody tracking with me out there? Am I doing, am I doing okay? Because I'm going to tell you, some of you have never, ever, ever in your life heard this. Never heard this. Amen, Coach. And the churches tell us that we are not supposed to get involved with politics and all that kind of stuff because why? We are not of this world. That is not what it said. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Of, 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 of. That's different than from or to, of. In other words, my kingdom is a different kingdom invading this kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. Where is this kingdom? Where is this kingdom? It's within you. The kingdom, when Christ came, when he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It happened. His kingdom came through his Holy Spirit inside each and every one of us. We are his saints. We are his princes. We are his kings. We rule and reign. He gave us this. Oh, my goodness. When's the last time you heard this in your Presbyterian church? Huh? Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. So they're preaching to us, sorry, a different gospel. They're giving it. Okay, try to make this a little bit bigger on the screen. I'm going to run down to it first because I'm going to go to. Uh, uh, okay, so the phrase gospel of the kingdom is a reference to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. I use repeatedly in connection with the Lord Jesus and his work. What are the four elements? Clay, did you write them down? What are the four elements of a kingdom? Because we're talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. What are the four elements? Uh, you got to have the boundary. I remember that one. Got, okay, you got to have, have a king. You got to have a king. Citizens, laws. Law and territory. So, folks, the earth is his footstool. We're supposed to go into all the world and teach them to observe all I've commanded you because, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We're supposed to subdue it from the very book of Genesis. Subdue the earth. Anybody think I'm crazy? When Jesus began history of your ministry, he preached the kingdom of God is near. Three different times he said, and it gives a concise description of Jesus' primary focus during his time on earth. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And when he asked to define his kingdom, Jesus explained it this way. The kingdom of God is not cannot be observed. <laughs> the kingdom of God's within you. Three different places. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness and peace and joy of the King of and the Holy Ghost. And the gospel of the kingdom is the good news message of repentance, redemption, and restoration, not just of individuals. 
<coughs> those who accept this offer become part of his eternal kingdom. Those who choose to remain in sin can't be part of that kingdom. <clears throat> the gospel of the kingdom is the news that there's freedom from slavery to sin if we will repent and turn to God. By the way, who's that for? Just us? Is it just for you and me? Or is there freedom for sin for anybody who will enter into the kingdom of God? Because our Redeemer's already come. <laughs> but it's difficult to enter God's kingdom not because it requires impossible standards for us, but because we do not want to repent and change. We tend to love the darkness more than the light, and many would rather cling to their old sinful identities than allow Jesus to create them anew and rule and reign over them. I'm proud to say today that Jesus Christ rules and reigns in my house. Anybody else say, does anybody say that? Huh? Hmm? Folks, we're supposed to be ruling and reigning now. <laughs> Come on, church. Those who receive the gospel of the kingdom become citizens of heaven and are freed from bonds. They call us ambassadors. We're ambassadors now. We got our citizen. We're already citizens of heaven. It's not someplace we're gone. Oh, those who receive the gospel of the kingdom become citizens in heaven and free of bondage of this world. We refer to God's children as ambassadors for our Heavenly Father. Why? Because we're here to enforce His values and lifestyle. It's not our home. We're going to invade it and take it over. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So although we must live here until God calls us home, we're not living for ourselves according to this world's value system. Those who've been brought by the blood of Jesus have been given the rights to live according to his value system. And we're supposed to put his value system into in play. And see, the defeatist American church said, oh, we've already lost. We've already lost. Citizens of the kingdom of God live here on assignment from the father of the king. Living with a kingdom mindset empowers us to make wiser decisions as we invest our lives in furthering the gospel of the kingdom. Hey, Clay, now I've already asked Clay. I don't know. I mean, anybody, hey, can anybody tell me, does Almighty God, Jesus Christ himself, does he want to be king of the public schools? Just, just ponder on that a second. Does he want his children in America's public schools to be taught that he is a king? king and that there's a kingdom does he want does he want those kids to be taught well heck yes he does well why don't we because the enemy's crept in unaware he changed the truth into a lie and told us there's a separation between the church and the state that's another gospel baby and i want you to think about this when jesus christ was walking the earth and they arrested that boy you know why they arrested that boy? Huh? When he stood before the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Pilate, what did they ask him? What did they ask him, Clay? What did they ask him when he stood before them? Are you the son of God? No, they mean? didn't ask him that. What did they ask him? Are you, are, you the king king? Of the are you the king of the Jews? Are you a king? They didn't care if he was savior. They didn't care if he was healer. They didn't care about any of that other stuff. They said, are you king? You what? You think you're going to come here? You're going to overthrow? You're going to have an insurrection and overthrow Caesar? Is that what you think you're going to do? And what did Jesus say? Oh, dude, my kingdom's not of this world, baby. He said, right now I can call down millions and millions and millions of angels and they would destroy this freaking place. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to die and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And then he who was with you is going to be in you. And then watch what happens. He didn't say that, but that's what I just said. That's what I just said to Pilate. I just said to Pilate, Pilate, you kill me. It will be the worst mistake you ever made. <laughs> do you see it, folks? And what are we taught in the church? We're taught the kingdom is where we're going to go. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay, hang on real quick. I'm going to open it up here. I'm sweating. I feel this so deeply. I feel this so deeply. Oh, my goodness. God's children have the promise of ruling and reigning with Christ in his future kingdom on earth. You were slain, and you 
and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our king, and they will reign on earth. Revelation 5, 9. Is he lying? Is he lying to us? Pull up that uh, PowerPoint of John Diamonds, if you would, real quickly. <laughs> I may try to get John on my show today. But John, I'm going to I'm going to read down through this real real quickly, and I'll make it available to you if you want to follow along with it. All right. <clears throat> okay, John. So I'm going to read them fast. And we're going to roll down through them. Okay. This is John's PowerPoint. To whom he loved and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and he and he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father to be glory and dominion forever and ever. Go to the next one. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them. And the judgment was committed to them. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Huh? The rest of them didn't live for a while. You shall reign with them a thousand. I'm not getting into eschatology. I'm trying to show you it's a kingdom mentality. Next one. Then Jesus went about all the cities and te- uh, villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Why? Because he's king over sickness, he's king over disease, he's king over everything. Go on, John. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. What? Yeah! Gave them power and authority. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And so they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing everything. New king in town, boys and girls. And he took 12 aside and said, and behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. And all things that are written by the prophets occurring the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered unto the Gentiles. He'll be mocked and sold and spit upon. And they will scourge him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden for them. And they did not know the things which they were spoken. See, his death was his crowning. Huh? Oh, yeah. That's, what, that's, that's when they crowned him. At his death. That's when he became king of kings and lord of lords. That's when he did, right? When he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's king of kings. He's king right now. He's king right now. But so a kingdom is a territory or country subject to a king. An undivided territory under the dominion of a king or monarch. So who's in control of the world? Who's in control of America? Joe Biden? Joe Biden in control of America. There's a king. There's a king higher than him, right? What is government? It's rule, supreme administration. Who is the supreme ruler? Well, we know who it is. Why don't we act like it? For unto us a child is born, unto a son is given. Isaiah chapter 9. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. How clear can it be? And the government will be upon his shoulder. Not salvation will be upon his shoulder. Not your best life now will be upon his shoulder. None of that. No, no. We, we go back to Genesis 1 where we are told to, uh, to subdue the earth. To subdue it. Anybody tracking with me? Next one. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forever, forward, even forever. Isaiah 9, verse 6. Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah, but he's below the government. In fact, not even allowed to be prayed in schools. Why? Because those of us who are here to expand and enforce his kingdom have been lied to. There's a different gospel. When he stood before Pilate, he was asked, so dude, are you king of the Jews? See, they didn't ask me if he was rabbi of the Jews. They didn't ask me if, if he was some, uh, some other kind of role. No, are you king of the Jews? What? Stay right, stay right there, Johnny. I want to finish that one. What then do you want me to do with him? Whom you call the king of the Jews. So they cried out, kill him. <laughs> Get him out of here, man. We want our best life now. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. That's what they put over on the cross. King of the Jews. King. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too." 
Jason has harbored them, and they are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there's another king. Anybody getting this? And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end shall come. But the end ain't coming till this gospel of the kingdom is preached into all the world. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons and government authorities. And you will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. What's, what are you going to say? You're going to be brought before kings and rulers and you're going to say, hey, dudes, there's another king. You are not the king. Sorry, dude, you are not the king. But it will turn out for you as an occasion to testify. Next one. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks and the mountains and said unto the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, king, and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come. Who is able to stand? Oh, he's going to be king. <laughs> See, here's the problem. He's going to become king by force rather than king by witness. Go ahead. I had to cough. Come on in. Tell me how full of crap I am. Come on. Come on. Somebody come on in. You can amen or you can oh my. Whichever one you want to. But this idea that we are not supposed to be in control of everything goes against everything written in the scriptures. Brett White, come on in, Brett. Yeah, good morning, Coach. Hey, I've been listening to uh, Cornerstone Cornerstone Ministries, Cornerstone Fellowship, Pastor Alan Nolan. Great speaker, definitely do not agree with everything he says. But last week when I was listening to one of his shows on YouTube, he told the church, and he has a big congregation, that uh, since Donald Trump is not a Christian, he can't vote for him. And he definitely can't vote for Biden, so therefore he just can't vote. I mean, you, he actually said that, Brett. He, he said that. Yeah, you can listen to it on YouTube. Hmm. What do you think, it, folks? What do you think is this? What would be the spiritual, scriptural support for that? And how many Christians actually believe that? Right? Do you guys? Does anybody out there understand how many? Unclean men the Lord used. Does anybody do they have any idea? Huh? Do they have any idea? Do you think everyone Christ used was righteous and holy and in good standing and kept the Ten Commandments and didn't violate? Show me them? one, Coach, from the beginning of Genesis to the book of Revelation. One man only, and that was Jesus. There's not another one. Even David, who all kingdoms were compared to, all kings, he himself was a murderer and an adulterer. Yes, he repented. I'm just telling you, Coach, but it didn't matter. He had more than just those faults. It was many a times that these men rose up and God used them. Amen. So, Dale, let me ask this because I get this one a lot too, all right? I hear from a lot of people, well, excuse me, not a lot of people. There's a there's a uh, thread out there that goes this way, that Donald Trump's just part of it and he's just playing a game. Okay, well, if Donald Trump isn't going to be president of the United States, who is? Well, they sure don't like him if he's not playing the game. That's for sure. <laughs> They're sure giving him a lot of crap if he's not playing the game. But who? Uh, uh, somebody, Nikki Haley. We're supposed to support Nikki Haley. Uh, what's the guy from Florida? We're supposed to support that guy from Florida. What? What? Supposed to support him? Who? Oh, come on, come on, somebody help me out here. Uh, the righteous man, the righteous one that goes to church and won't go out on his wife. That righteous guy, whatever's his name, Mike Pence. Why he dropped out? Do, do we want Mike Pence? So remember this, folks. You do not have to be a man of God to be God's man. Amen. And I'm going to just tell anybody, I wish I could talk to that pastor, Dale, 
not that not Dale. Wish I could speak Dale. I wish I could speak to that pastor because Donald Trump, that heathen, gave us three Supreme Court justices who declared that a human life is precious from the moment's conception. Not bad work for a Sataner. Well, I, I, let's just, but see that that attitude is, permeates all of Christianity. Christians aren't even righteous, and they won't. Won't fight for an unrighteous candidate. It's like a, are you kidding me? No, not goodness. Myra, go ahead, then Rochelle, then Joanne. Yes, coach. And uh, thank you, Jonathan. By the coach. way, I should make I should make you pay for this because you don't hear this anywhere. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, coach. Yes, uh, concerning the kingdom of heaven, um, the power and all what you have been talking about, Acts 2, 41, 43. And they gladly received the word, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto the, to them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Hallelujah. Hmm. They were advancing a kingdom. What? How were they doing it? Uh, fear. <laughs> fear came upon every soul. Yeah, yeah. The gospel of the fear of the Lord. That'd be a good one to preach. Michelle, come on in. Hey, good morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Um, this is good that we talk about this. Um, it, it really, believe it or not, it ties into what we did on Friday when we talked about um, being born again and being indwelt with the Holy Spirit. and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you with what you're saying. I see it a little different. I see it kind of as the kingdom is and not yet, which I'm sure you guys have heard before. But um, it speaks of this, like this future reality kind of invades us right now. The, the spirit is promised for the in the future, but we, we taste everything here and now. Like Paul speaks of the spirit when he says... Um, but he, he calls it a down payment of our future inheritance. And he's, um, I know that that word means like in Greek, if you study out the Greek, they would use this in their businesses as like a down payment or a first installment, some type of guaranteed. I mean, you don't even need any more verbal. Like once that down payment is there, um, it's like set. So that's why, we kind of don't see the kingdom, but the kingdom is here. Why is there so much turmoil? Why is there, if, if God's rule, if Jesus is ruling and reigning, why is there all this? He's moving in, sort of say. So we're going to look around and it, but when he does get here, I, I believe this is what I believe this is what I believe the Bible speaks of. When he gets here, he truly does rule and reign. He has to rule and reign with a rod of iron because when there is something that needs to be punished, he will punish you immediately. And that is how people learn. We don't do that. We let you off the hook and we give you 800 chances and we turn the other cheek or we reimburse it. We reward it. Be, do you think he's supposed to be ruling and reigning right now? I, okay. Um, I think, yes, I, I, I think he is supposed to be, and it is possible for him to be ruling and reigning right now. However, because the free will still reigns here without Christ here as the ultimate uh, dragon slayer, sort of say, um, we're going to look around and it's not going to look like his, this doesn't look like his kingdom. There is, has not been an end to sin. There is not, you know, all, all those is, things. First of all, he is ruling and reigning right now. And the only reason it's not more visible to us is because those of us who are in the kingdom don't even understand the kingdom. We don't even understand it. If we understood the kingdom, we would see he is ruling and reigning right now. And he's given us the authority to be uh, promoting the laws, establishing justice. He's given us that authority, and we have handed it off. That's what I think. And I think well, he's ruling and reigning right now, and those of us uh, who carry his name are asleep on the job. That's, that's, sure. that's, my, that's what I think. Amen. I think we handed it, out, handed it over in the garden, and through the Spirit, we kind of have a foretaste of this beautiful intimacy that, that God is going to ultimately reign over the planet. Well, this purpose was the Son of God manifested. He would destroy the works of the devil. And when he was crucified on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. 
Amen. It's, it's done. It's done. And it's our job to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling to others. Joanne. Yeah, we've beaten the horse several times on this one, but, um, you know, God uses many people in different ways. And as I put in the chat there, I do believe Paul was one of the greatest sinners. And was he not um, scorned and um, people were afraid of him because of what he did. He killed Christians. And yet he was the, the biggest and the best leader we have as an example for Christ. So I think Jesus. God... God, God used scoundrels. He used scoundrels. Folks. He did. Yes, he did. And, and he uses the worst of them. So, you know. And, and now, we elect, <laughs> now we elect scoundrels. Right? So we, huh? Evil walks on, but Proverbs, evil walks on every side when the vilest of men are in authority. Dale. So, so a couple points, Coach. You know, in Luke chapter 17, uh, Jesus is cleansing the leopards. The Pharisees question him. You get into verse 20. It says, now they had been questioned by the Pharisees as when the kingdom of God was coming. And he answered them saying, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, he is here or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Right. <laughs> Romans 8 says, do you not know? That's the problem, coach. The church doesn't know. Do you not know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, what, what is it that he overcame and conquered death, hell, and the grave? That same spirit now dwells within you? That's it. Coach, That's I, don't, I don't think there would have been no reason. I don't think that Jesus had to come back at the church that's doing his job. The problem is that he knew the mind of God before the foundations of the earth that he was slain. He knew that that you know, man I, was going to drop the ball i think the reason that the gospel of the kingdom has not advanced the way that it's supposed to advance is because of the cowardly heart of men that's that's what i think the cowardly heart of men men afraid to stand up and speak up for fear of what it might cost them when they don't realize it's already cost them everything they don't, so, they don't. so those few cliches coach right past the salt ministry most peace people are passing up on the salt, and some of the church needs smelling salts. <laughs> Amen. Smelling salts ministry. Jeff Klein, then Dave, or Sherry, whichever. Come on. Coach, you're just seeing in the chat where it said Donald Trump didn't stop the chemtrails. He's not going to stop everything. He, I told him on the square last, uh, last Saturday, I had that crowd. I said, listen, Donald Trump opened the door for us. He stuck his foot in the door, looked over his shoulder, and said, come on, church. And they didn't come. He invited the kingdom of God back in, is the way I see it. Yep. And, and we didn't, he was not righteous enough for the church. Well, we're going to, we're going to have, we're going to have Jesus rule and reign on the public square this Saturday. Jeffrey, I know this. Donald Trump's going to have a crown when he gets to heaven for the millions of lives he saved by overturning abortion. That, that's what I think. I'm more worried about that than anything else. I'll, we'll talk more about Saturday, Jeff. I'm running short here. Dave, Dave or Sherry, come on in. And Randy. Yeah, good morning, everyone. I find it interesting that the Jews rejected Christ as a Messiah because his kingdom didn't look like they wanted it to look, so he couldn't be the Messiah. So here we are now as Christians. His kingdom can't be here because it doesn't look like we want it to look like. Amen. Amen. And that's the problem. We're looking with the with our carnal uh, flesh for what we want His kingdom to look like. Right. And God says, "My ways, my thoughts are higher and different." And actually, what He's doing, His kingdom is here, and He is pointing us through boot camp here, right? Where, and He's testing us. He wants to see who's going to rise, who's going to be that's leader. Right. Because when He does get here, like Rochelle said, but yet. It's going to look different, but his kingdom is here. But because it doesn't look like we want it to look like, we reject it. It doesn't look like it. By the way, Dave, he said you're not even going to be able to see it. It ain't coming with observation. See, it'll come with the changing of individual hearts. And can somebody tell me how the kingdom of God can possibly come into America when he is banned from public schools? Somebody help me with that one, will you? Amen. Oh. Somebody help me with that one. Randy. If this is so, Coach, if if 
there's no what is the purpose for authority he gave us all authority what for what <laughs> for what to to just hide out until he can come back and or you until you die i mean that's like living in a cave or living in the safe zone and you're and you're excluded from anything that makes no sense why would well, he give us authority if he didn't if he knew we were going to go out and it didn't matter because he's not us contradicting when, himself god no, they've taught us that the kingdom of heaven is someplace we're going not something that's within us we've been taught the exact opposite right look folks when i die i ain't going to heaven i'm already there i'm seated with christ in heavenly places right now oh my goodness craig i'm here to confuse everybody <laughs> I know you are, brother. it's all right the only time that the kingdom of heaven is used is in the book of Matthew. Okay? Uh-huh. Can't find it anywhere else in the Bible. So you got to look at who Matthew was. And he wrote it from a Jewish standpoint. Just like Mark wrote Jesus' view from a servant. Luke wrote Jesus as a human being. And John wrote Jesus as the son of God. <clears throat> So then you go and you say, okay, where is the kingdom even listed in the Old Testament? And it's only in two places. The first place is in Second Chronicles. And it talks about, this is after Rehoboam and Jeroboam and Israel breaks up. I mean, I'll, you can look at it yourself. It's Second Chronicles 13. I'll just tell you, read it there. And it says, this is when um, the replacement of Rehoboam goes out and kills all of, of Jeroboam all of northern Israel. And he says, and now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of the sons of David. And then the only other place that the kingdom is used is when Daniel comes out of lion's den. And it goes, it says, uh, I make a decree that in every dominion, this is Darius. Remember, Darius is the king after Babylon is taken over. That's put in there by Cyrus. Okay. Friendly, friendly to uh, the Jewish people. Uh, I make a decree that in every dominion in my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom, okay, he's talking about Daniel, is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and he rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and earth. Okay, so... To me, heaven and earth are two places, although they are both under the dominion of the one God, and Jesus sits at the right hand. The kingdom of heaven is within. <laughs> it's a spiritual thing, folks. It's spiritual. I'm not too confused, Craig. That wasn't so bad. Clay. When Jesus was here with the disciples, I mean, his ministry was all about teaching the disciples how to take authority and dominion and do the work that he started. And when he went up and left in the clouds, they went out in acts and they did what Jesus taught them to do. And there's no doubt in my mind that Jesus is letting Satan test and try us so that we can learn to take our own dominion and uh, authority over Satan and prepare for that kingdom to come because Jesus is most definitely going to come reign and rule over this but we wouldn't learn a darn thing if Jesus did everything for us. Well, Clay, it's like the same thing with the disciples. What did they say? When's it coming? Oh, come on, man. Huh? When do I get to be king here? When do I get to go smack those guys down? He said, dude, no, 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 no. No, the kingdom is within, is within you. We're going to have to spread it individually, one to another, one to another. And we do that when we get the whole world to be Christian. Why Christian rules and, and regulations will be in force, right? That's how you expand the kingdom, not by the sword. Trent. Yes, sir. This is a great teaching. Everyone in the world needs to hear this. Uh, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, actually. Yes. <laughs> Unto salvation. Uh, they, Jesus has showed us how weak and minuscule 
the power of the devil, Satan, and all his minions are with the authority of Christ and with Christ living inside of us. He is weak. He is defeated. Christ in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Heaven's already here. It's within us. Michelle, quickly. Amen, Coach. Uh, quickly, I'm just going to read Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him, meaning rolling with the rod of iron with the rest of us. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to cover a little bit on Brideon today as well. Pray for Michelle. So she didn't, I got to wash dishes if she doesn't get better. Good Lord, help me out here. See you tomorrow.